and welcome to another episode of Give Me a Buck Podcast, sponsored by DraftKings, partnered with the Basketball Podcast Network. I am your host, Joel Graham, and if you didn't know, I have a different Bucks fan on each episode. This week, we got Rob and Steve. Let's get into it. Steve, I'm going to start with you on this one. Who are you most disappointed with on the Bucks? And who are you most surprised with on the box? Okay. So not just the Debbie Downer, but we got to do a, a surprise, like a positive one too. Sure. You know, disappointed. I, it's hard to pick on a, a minimum guy, but I'm going to say Shemi. Shemi <laughs> Ogilvy. Yeah. It's been a brick house, like in every sense of, of the word. Uh, again, it's hard to, to rat on a guy who plays so little and he might be uh, be snipped off the roster at some point via trade. Yeah. But Shemi, you know, there was talk of him being a, a PJ replacement that we're all fools. So, yeah. um, but a surprise, I would, if, if I may, um, Wes Matthews, he came out of nowhere. I thought he w- was done. I think he's my surprise. I, you know, for sentimental reasons, it's great to have Wes in his home state. Right. But he's got that, the the defensive, the mentality, the dog, if you will. Yeah. He's been great for the Bucks, And, of course, they kept him after that boogie deadline. Sure. And um, I think he's been an awesome surprise. Yeah. How do you feel about the big, the boogie getting cut? How did, how did you feel about that? Uh, my bad. I didn't, didn't mean to bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm indifferent. I think, you know, a little bit of hindsight already is, has been granted us with he hasn't played for Denver yet. Right. So it's like, you know, you can do that. I told you so. I don't think, I think just it was more of the name. You know, it's good to have Boogie for a while. Maybe they'll get him back at some point, but it's going to be okay. He's not going to haunt us for uh, years to come. Right, right. Gotcha. So, Rob, who are you most disappointed and surprised with? On the bus. Wes isn't my answer, but I I do agree with that one. I'm very surprised. I kind of ragged on that move early on. Yeah. So (laughs) I went after it. You know, it was a little bit of a, you know, scorn lover syndrome, I think. You know, went to the Lakers last year trying to ride the coattails and then missed out on his championships. So um, good for him. All things are all things are good now, but. I did jump on that one pretty early, and I've I've since re- retracted my statement on that. Oh yeah, we um, definitely saw that one. <laughs> uh, my biggest surprise is Pat. You know, I think this time last year, maybe a little bit later into the season too. Yeah, we were all pretty much done with Pat. I think um, so. The fact that he performed so well in the playoffs, and it wasn't just you know a hot six weeks or whatever it is. Right. Uh, the fact that he's carried some of that through into this season. Now I know recently coming off of COVID, you know, it's been a little bit slow, but I think we've pretty much seen everybody come back a little bit slow, except for Giannis where he's yeah. such a physical specimen that he just can impose his will, even if he's at like 60% lung capacity. <laughs> <laughs> so Pat's definitely been, been a surprise. He's, he's been an essential role player, um, you know, and I view him as somebody that you, you went from crap, this contract kind of stinks. Um, we're stuck with this guy for three more years to he's going to decline his, his player option. And 
how are these cheap owners going to actually keep him? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But as far as disappointed, um, you know, I'm disappointed Dante's back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, That's not actually. (laughs) I I do think he's thrown some juju off. I think he's trying a little too hard, but um, I would say in terms of relative to expectations, and I, I do think the expectations on this player were a little too high coming into the season, but Jordan Wara, uh, I think we all kind of jumped the shark a little bit on that one in terms of thinking that he was going to be a major contributor. And we've seen him fall out of fall out of favor a few times this season and, and get an opportunity with guys out. Um, but overall, I think, I think we had really high expectations, at least I did. And recently I kind of took a step back and said, look, this is a guy in his second year. I know he was, he played a few years in college. So um, it feels like he's a little bit older, but at the end of the day, he is a guy that is only in his second year and he didn't really play very much last season. So I think we got a little overexcited about some of the garbage time minutes he played last season. And then some of his performances in the Olympics in particular, I think had us all hyped. So you think we jumped the gun on Wara? Yeah. I mean, Pat, from your first pick, being surprised, I didn't think Pat was an NBA player last year. So <laughs> at one point, at one point, I'm like, I don't know what this guy is doing. But then in the playoffs, he showed us, hey, he, he should be there. So I like that. So, Rob, let me ask you this. You can only keep two of these players, Dante, Wara, Rodney Hood or Wes Matthews? Um, the two I'd keep is Wara and Wes, okay. both for current season and, and the future. Wara is one of the few young guys that we have on this team that shows any kind of real promise in terms of scoring ability, Depends which I think if he's cast as a, as a bench player, that's really what you need out of him. Sure. Um, maybe a little bit of a microwave scorer there. And then Wes, he's just been so solid. He's kind of made Dante that much more expendable. Yeah. Because when you Even look when at Wes is pretty old. Wes is well, basketball years. You're yeah. Still okay with that. Yeah. I mean, looking at it just from this season and maybe next season, mm-hmm. the rest of our core is starting to get old. So I'm I'm way less worried about that stuff than I normally would be. Um, and he's just been so solid that I, I wouldn't want to lose him even just for this season, even if that's all it meant. It's right. just this season. So Okay. Okay. Uh, Steve, what about you? You can only pick two. Dante, Wara, Rodney Hood, or Matthews? I like Robert's answer with, with uh, Wara and Matthews. <clears throat> I was – I might hold on to, to Dante a little bit longer. And, you know, you know, maybe it's a hodgepodge of, like, maybe I'm trying to get inside the mind of Horst and the, the whole staff as to like what they're trying to do with development. And I think we've been told, you know, whether it's Mark Marcus on, on the, the TV cast, but Bud has never been known to be a developer really, mm. or at least yeah. this time in Milwaukee. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's not been that, that like young guy, Wara would be it maybe. So maybe I'm trying to, my answer is geared more towards what I think the Horst and company are going to do, which sure. is why I, I might say Dante and Matthews, um, just because they're they're more defensively minded. Mm-hmm. And I think Bud, 
you know, pains to say it, but he likes Dante. He's, he's still going to play Dante, even if it's like jamming a square peg into that round Grayson Allen hole. <laughs> that sounds terrible, and I apologize. <clears throat> but, you know, to say nothing of future assets or uh, throw-ins in a trade, I think you, you can move on from – Rodney Hood's like Tony Snell. He's kind of a nothing guy. Like, yeah, you know, they take it or leave it. I don't really see him factoring in. And I just went Dante over Wara just because of Bud's tendencies, I think. Does that make okay. sense? So you're, you're picking Dante over Wara because of Bud. And um, yeah, Dante and West just because of their defense, basically. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Robert, are you off the hood train or were you ever on the Rodney Hood train at all? I mean, Hood and Shemi were two guys that I had really no expectations for this season. Sure. Kind of like one of those things where, hey, if this if this works out and he can contribute even on some level to what he was before he injured his Achilles, great. But if not, I don't think this team's relying on him in any way at this point. Um, so, I mean... I forget he's on the team until he checks into the game, to be completely honest. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, who's this lefty never on that. Shot? Oh, is that? So it's safe to say you were never on that Rodney Hood train. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's switch gears and talk about Chris Middleton right now, right? So Chris is averaging, I think last time I looked, it was around 18 points. He's down from last year. So, Steve, do you think Chris hit his ceiling already? Like, do you think he can get better? He's so polarizing. Yeah. Uh, but we love Chris. But there have been times where uh, I don't know what the best analogy is. He's got meat cleavers or, like, Minecraft hands. You know, he's just <laughs> out there punching the ball. Uh, Rubik's Cubes. Maybe it's Rubik's Cubes. That, that sounds the best, the best one. Um, he's, his turnovers are way up. So if, if he can reel in the, the ball control and like get a little fiercer with uh, his, uh, his turnover proneness, um, I think he's got a, a higher ceiling yet. You know, maybe not with the quantitative stats, yeah. but maybe like with those moments that he uh, gave us against the Hawks and in the playoffs and where he uh, just rains 10 points in about two minutes. I think he's got some of those quali- you know, quality moments left, but maybe not in the counting stats throughout a whole season. So that, that's why I say I don't, th- I don't think he's reached the ceiling yet because I think he's got some more moments in him. Sure, sure. So you said he has Minecraft. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a good thing I was something. on mute because I was absolutely cackling. <laughs> you know, something cubic, something really where you just you can't hold on to the ball. Yeah, it's, it's rough. That's hilarious. Rob, what do you think? You think <laughs> – Oh, my God. You think Chris has Minecraft hands or what? <laughs> Every now and then – it's he's he goes completely back and forth. Um, I feel like talking about Chris Middleton is is dangerous being a Bucks fan oh, yeah. because um, I've never seen somebody that has more like staunch supporters. I think it balances out some of the just mindless hate. So yeah. I, it's kind of balancing up in the forest. But Chris, to me, he's kind of been the same guy for. Um, how long, how long has it been since he got back from his hamstring? It's been like three and a half years, four and yeah, a half years, something around there to, to me, he's pretty much been the same, um, yeah. you know, for the last three or four years. So 
that in and of itself just kind of tells me that he's basically in his prime. I don't really think he's lost anything. I think this has been a weird season um, in terms of people in and out of the lineup, um, who you're playing on a nightly basis. Now that you're, you're the champions, I think you see the bucks get up for like two or three teams. Right. And even the teams that we're passionate about beating, like the heat and the Raptors and the Celtics, they don't seem to really care about those teams all that much anymore. So it's really hard to get a read. Um, But what Chris did in the playoffs last season, I think is pretty representative of what he does normally is, you know, he might, he might go for 35 and get, 20 of it in one quarter, which is typically what happens when he, when he has those high scoring games, right. and then he might just have his 17, 18 points on nine shots and you wish he took a few more. Yeah. Um, so it's to me, you know, I, I think he's pretty much where he's at. Um, I don't think he's dropped off in any, in any, any meaningful way. I'd like to see him have to handle the ball a little bit less, but again, some of what we faced with Drew being out and with Hill missing some time, it's just, it's just a challenge. I mean, there's what game was it um, where we, we kind of just fumbled it away. It was one of the Charlotte games and it was like Jordan Wara was handling the ball with a minute left and we're down like two. And I'm like, well, (laughs) he just threw the ball out of bounds. Right. Right. With no pressure out of it. It's just like, well, I, I can't get too too upset about this because Jordan Moore was just handling the ball with a minute left. <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So does regular season not mean as much to you, Steve? What do you think? Like, do you care about we won the championship, so what do you care about regular season? I'm so flaky. I, I do vacillate from the one end of uh Oh yeah, champs put on the sunglasses, and then no, like every game matters. You should you should show it, give it your all, and you know you want to be rah rah and uh, win every night. Right. I think I've gone that way, um, or gone more towards the uh, all right, just chill. This has been such a weird Omicron festival of <laughs> errors, and um, you know back to Middleton. Like yeah, Drew is out that Raptors game was kind of an exhibit where, you know, Nick Nurse will sick the hounds on Middleton at the point of attack. You know, yeah. they'll just send pressure. I think Miami does it too. They know Chris is not super strong with the ball. So especially when Drew's out, um, they were just going to not let him get off. Yeah. So I think it's going to be okay. 15 and three with the big three playing. I like um, yeah. Get that Look. macro view. So, so speaking of Middleton, Clay just came back. Now, I know a a few years ago, this was one of the biggest debates, and it was Clay Thompson versus Chris Middleton. Like, who would you pick? Now, obviously, it was Clay a few years ago. But right now, Rob, would you pick Middleton on your team or Clay Thompson? Um, I've been on the other side of history on this one. I've always, I've always pushed Clay in these conversations, even, even while he was out, but right now I'm, I would go Chris over clay for a number of reasons. Um, not just health related, obviously clay's not where you'd want him to be right now. Just getting back from, from a couple major injuries. I think that plays a role, but also just the fact that 
you know, prior, prior to last season, all those conversations had Clay Thompson with three championships and Chris Middleton with zero, Um, you know, and at least one of those clay was a, a very important piece of, of accomplishing that. Um, So now I kind of look at them as one and one in terms of who's, who's contributed a lot to a championship. And I would even argue Chris probably contributed a lot more, uh, to our championship than Clay did to the first Warriors championship. So um, at the end of the day, you know, we now I feel like we can actually talk like this as Bucks fans. You know, it's the rings that matter, exactly. um, which is which is kind of nice to, to be able to say that about your own players for once. Um, but that that's where I'm kind of at is just what he did last season. He wasn't always the most consistent in the playoffs, but he had some huge performances when it really mattered. So I, I wouldn't give that up for Clay Thompson. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Steve, what about you Middleton or Clay Thompson? I have to agree with, with Rob, uh, you know, and maybe that like extra 10% of the debate, if there is any could be influenced by just Clay's demeanor and Clay's no, he's not like gregarious or, um, you know, obnoxious in a, like a Pat Beverly way. <laughs> sure. He's, he's got exponentially more <clears throat> like snarl than, than Chris. Chris is so just chill and boring. Pretty he's high. pretty boring. And Chris by comparison, uh, sorry, clay by comparison, uh, you know, the whole nation was just like fawning over him the other night, but those 900 and some days, 941 days of clay being on the shelf really, not did wonders. That sounds bad, but um, that'll change your mind. And um, they're the same age. I think I looked their, up their stats the other day, and they're, they're more similar than you would think. I mean, Clay's got the immaculate three-point percentage, but Chris Chris has got Clay, you know, in, in more assists and uh, rebounds per game throughout his whole career. Mm-hmm. You know, big deal. One or two and rebounds. He's a better, I think he's a better playmaker than Clay. Too, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So obviously, when he would, doesn't have the Minecraft hands, obviously, but <laughs> I will stick with my with my Bucks bias. But I think it's bordering on a true, accurate fact that you know Chris is he's a fine alternative, and he's it's great to have him. Gotcha, gotcha. So, Steve, who do you think is the biggest threat to the Bucks in the East? I'm scared of everybody as a fan. You know, I, <laughs> I, I think the Raptors are going to win the championship, you know, just as an example of my fickle nature. But, um, no, in truth, I would go the Heat. You know, when they made their moves in the offseason, maybe Rob can address this at some point, but you, know, you thought they were older. They, they eliminated some of their depth. But, I mean, we've seen it. Uh, PJ is, is out of his mind thus far. They got Kyle Lowry who's always going to mess things up with just nonsense. And the rest of the roster, Bam's coming back. They've got one of the best starting fives, I think, in the league. You know, who, who knows if some of their uh, periphery guys tail off, like Caleb Martin or if uh, Tyler Hero, you know, yeah. chills out a little bit. But um, I think the Heat, with Spolstra and what he does, are still – they have a great position to uh, mess things up for, for the Bucks. Hopefully they can go to the other side of the bracket, in, sure. in, my, in my opinion. But. Gotcha. So you're scared of everybody, but the heat <laughs> is the one that gives you nightmares. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Rob, what about you? Who do you think? Um, I'll go with the boring answer, Brooklyn. Uh, sure. Um, I mean, 
just the just the talent alone. If they ever get all three guys on the court, and James Harden <clears throat> turns into a, more of a normal version of himself, he's. Right. I haven't watched a ton of NBA outside of watching the Bucks on a on a nightly basis, but mm-hmm. um, I, I've seen some pretty hilarious clips of James Harden not performing too well this season, which warms my soul Um, (laughs) (laughs) as somebody who's not, not a huge fan, but um, hard to argue with the talent there. I do think coaching wise, Steve Nash is more of a personality manager at this point. And I'm not even sure he's that sound of a personality manager. I think there's some pretty good examples that he's not the best in-game manager, um, you know, running some of these guys like 40 plus minutes on back to backs and stuff like that. It's just to, for what, to catch the bulls who are fake anyways. Um, you know, I, I think Miami's the, the other team that does give me a little bit of pause. I think they could make things uncomfortable, but I do think ultimately if we have everybody, not even, I don't even think we need Brooke per se, but I think if Drew, Chris, Giannis, and everybody else that we typically have had when we're healthy this season outside of Brooke, I, I think it's probably difficult for Miami to score with us because we we learned how to play defense against Bam last season. And Jimmy Butler. Too. And Jimmy Butler. And now Wes Matthews. It's like, well, <laughs> Wes Matthews, one more guy to throw at these guys. And, and I like that. With him, if you do need that defensive presence, now you can just throw Chris on like a Duncan Robinson sure. where I'm really confident that he can stay with a guy like that. I don't want him having to get pounded uh, on the defensive end, getting posted up, stuff like that. If we can avoid those types of matchups. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think the – I don't think the perimeter guys, for as good as they can be and how hot they can shoot, I, I don't think they're – at a level where they can really punish Chris on the perimeter at this point. Um, But Miami for, for coaching and, you know, the PJ Tucker thing, I really don't want to live in a world where PJ Tucker frustrates Giannis and, you know, (laughs) just compound that whole, that whole situation um, coming out of free agency this past year. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah okay. I want to avoid that reality. <laughs> Trust me. I do too. <laughs> I do too. Rob, what do you think? Can the Bucks repeat? Yeah. I, I mean, I, there's only like four teams that I think can actually win the championship this year. And the Bucks yeah. are one of them. Um, and what and do you it, think that is? I just, I look at, I look at it. There's a lot of new blood at the top of both conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the, the Grizzlies are in third right now. The, the Mavs are up there. They haven't really been much higher than I think seventh. And then the East is a lot of new blood, the Bulls, yeah. the or the Cavs, the Hornets, all that, those types of teams. And I just being as battle tested as we are, you know, we had, we had runs leading up to last year that were, a lot deeper than we were used to as Bucks fans. Mm-hmm. I just think, I just think uh, our experience there, it's, we're not as good as the Spurs were, you know, in the, in the mid to late Duncan years, but we're pretty, we're pretty close in my, in my uh, opinion. So 
from that perspective, I, I think it really would take a special team to knock us out. I, I don't see like the Raptors knocking us out if, if we're being like re- reality right. or the Hornets or something like that. Some of these teams that we haven't necessarily um, had an easy time with in the regular season. I think sure. when, when uh, the screws get tightened, I would be surprised if, if one of those teams could really be bust us in the best of seven series. Gotcha. So you're saying we could repeat. Steve, what do you think? You think the Bucs can repeat this year? You know, I'm trying to like take a step back and think about, you know, what if the Suns had had won game six and they come back and they disappoint all Bucks fans and the Suns win it all? I think we're sitting here today just so downtrodden and we're like, no way. The Bucs missed their chance. They missed their window. But because the Bucs pulled it off, and they won four games in a row. <clears throat> Even as fans, we have this new confidence. And I think it's it's most of the way legitimate confidence. Um, I think absolutely. Even though the East is is arguably the stronger conference this year, like by far. Um, when Brooklyn, Miami, Philly, even when every team is humming, and not and the Bucks, of course, the East is going to be tough. And if the Bucks can do it, and I think they can, it it will even be more it'll even be sweeter gotcha. and more, more, more fulfilling. I agree. Man. We shall see. We, we shall see. I, I agree. And hopefully, I, yeah, Rob, I don't think the Raptors in reality, come on. That's not, but Steve, let me ask you what player is most important. What player is the most important piece to the Bucks winning a championship, not including the big three. I mean, and if I'm going to, uh, toss away Brooke as well. I think I, I would say Brooke. Brooke. But if we're just going to leave him on off to the side. Sure. I, I might say Dante. You know, recently Dante has been the wrench. He's been the monkey wrench where it's where it's uh, not fun watching his red shoes dance around <laughs> everywhere and just jumping and leaping and uh, flailing. So you, but, uh, so you think Dante is the most important piece outside of? I think – if and only if it's got to be either Dante performs and provides that like supplementary defensive, you know, sure. get in the middle of everything, get some rebounds, wreak havoc, you know, in a controlled way, yeah. either he, either he goes that way or he just yields the, the floor to, to Grace and Allen. Okay. Um, in a, in a, a point scored way. Cause we've seen Dante is not a bucket getter. Um, he's not going to reliably hit the open, shot when when the pass is kicked out to him yeah and he and he's always he's always five feet behind the arc anyways but um i still think dante because it maybe again i'm leaning on what the coaches are what i'm reading through bud's past and who he puts out there and he's he's trying to get dante his sea legs you know get him back on the floor get him acclimated and and see what we got going forward so it'll it'll work itself out so i'm I'm really curious to see how it does is dante gonna flash and start to connect or is he going to uh you know give his defensive role to Wes and then Grayson can get more time and get those early buckets to you know build leads etc the NFL playoffs are here and DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL is kicking things off with a huge offer counting down to Super Bowl 56 new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wild card team to win their game at just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Gotcha, gotcha. So you got Dante. Rob, who do you have? You don't have um, Dante, do you? What's that? You don't have Dante, do you? I do not have Dante. Feel um, free to drag me. Feel free to, to no, make I, fun. <laughs> I'm just going to call, start calling him Agent Zero. Like, I'm not even going to say his name anymore. And that, that might be too cool of a nickname to even give him. Yeah, they, they, they actually was uh, Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> yeah, that, okay, I did. I, I'm like, that feels like I stole it from somebody. Yeah, um, Gilbert Arenas. Well, but... I'm not going to call him that either. I'm just going to call him Zero. Zero. Um, <laughs> But I, so Brooke is Brooke would be my answer. Um, what what do we think? I do we think Brooke? Do you have an expectation that Brooke is coming back? Uh, it sounds like it, but it's hard to trust just given how weird that whole situation was coming into this season. Yeah, from what I was seeing and reading, with a little amount that I read, I think that they said there's optimism that he will be back before the regular season is over. Yeah. To me, if, if Brooke is back and he's 90% of what he was last season. Yeah. I, we become like the runaway favorites to win in my opinion. Um, If he's not back, I think, I think Pat is probably the guy. Um, He was such an X factor last season. So um, it's, it's hard for me to imagine a different scenario, but the thing I, the thing I love about, um, the makeup of this team this year is we won ugly as heck <laughs> last season yep. and PJ played a big part in that. And he muddied things up on the defensive end, but he also muddied things up pretty bad on the offensive end. So I, I think regardless of what happens um, going forward with roster construction, I think this season in particular, we have, more guys to allow us to play more styles. So um, Pat can play a really good role in that. Grayson, I think is a much better, could give you a much better version of what Bryn Forbes gave you last season. You know, Bryn was a flash in the pan against Miami and then he disappeared. Um, And then Wes, obviously from a defensive angle, but yeah, I mean, Pat, with his his ability to knock down shots, especially in the clutch, we've seen that. Um, yeah. That's where that's where I would I would lean. Yeah, yeah. But none of you guys said Grayson Allen. How, how do we feel about Grayson, uh, Steve? How you feel about Grayson? I know you're on the Dante bandwagon, but what do you think about Grayson? You know, I'm not on the Dante bandwagon. Let's not go too far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've I've really enjoyed Grayson Allen. I think he. He wasn't considered like a minus defender, like a, a complete liability, like a even worse than like a bogey Bogdanovich would have been. Right. Um, he's he's shown some some verve and some uh, I don't know what the word is, just some he he scraps and he he just he you know he's definitely viable in the regular season. I don't think he'll be like a immediately benched like like Bryn uh, w- was for his defensive you know turnstile nature. Um, so. I really have enjoyed Grayson Allen. It seems like he misses more shots than he does, but you go and check, he's still shooting like 39%, which is just fine. Yeah. Um, but better than, it's better than every other Bucks role player. Um, 
you know, except for, you know, Bobby. Um, so I, I think Grayson's going to come in, come in handy. I think he'll be more used and important than, than Brynn was. Um, and I think he's, he's got a good, if, if, you know, I don't really know what basketball IQ is, but I think Grayson's definitely compared to Dante shows really good uh, decision-making when to drive, when yep. to pass, when to like go all the way and dunk it even. So, yeah, I think Grayson, he stays where he's at. Like he is in his lane. He doesn't try to do too much. He doesn't try to do too less. Um, Rob, what do you think about Grayson? How do you feel about Grayson? I love Grayson. I, I love that move from the moment we made it. Yeah. Um, I was really excited about that. The, the only thing that was there that caused some pause was obviously some of his tripping and, you know, those types of things, those antics that we've seen. But um, since he's been on the team, you know, I I can't recall seeing anything even remotely scratching that surface. So um, from that perspective, that's been a good, a good change Um, and good to see. Um, The one thing with him, it's, I just had this thought the other night. I think besides Giannis, like he's the, he's the guy on the team that I trust to finish in traffic Uh, out of everybody. Like on the fast break, it's so bizarre. Like I don't expect it, but he makes these layups that you're like, yeah, this guy looks like me. Like this isn't supposed to happen. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, I don't quite look like Ted Cruz, but Right. Um, you know, for all intents and purposes, Grayson Allen's probably the closest proxy for me from a uh, physical stature standpoint. Um, so it's really wild to see him things do things that I would never even attempt. So that's that's what kind of blows my mind. And it's just like the contrast between him and not to beat a dead horse. But I mean, Dante can't make a, a layup like if it's just straight into the yeah. straight into the lane and you know, off the glass, it's like an adventure. Um, whereas Grayson, I'm just like, okay, is he gonna, is he gonna do a crazy reverse or is he going to put it on somebody's head? Like, <laughs> right. it's, it's unbelievable. He said it's an adventure for Dante to make a layup. <laughs> so. It's yeah, it's gray hair. Um, you know, I did wear, I did wear the red hoodie just in solidarity with his shoes. There you go. But, <laughs> There you go. So, Steve, Giannis, we all know he's amazing. Where does Giannis rank in Bucks history, Steve? Where are you putting him? It's it's absolutely Giannis. Brocephus Antetokounmpo as number one in uh, in Bucks history. You can talk about Kareem and his uh, contributions and his amazing numbers in his right. in his in his early career before the, the trek over to Los Angeles. And I, I respect the history and I respect the people who are older than me, who, who will, will come to, um, to talk. Um, and yeah. I, I, I respect that, but I think I'm just assuming I'm allowing for Giannis's future, the next at least three, four years where he's going to accumulate just bonkers statistics, mm-hmm. which will, he, he could pass Kareem at the end of the season, regular season with number of points. Um, and, and I think just his unicorn nature. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kareem was a unicorn too, I suppose. But, and the NBA is, is much better. Uh, it's much, there's everybody. It's just a higher quality game. Nothing against 1971, 
But um, Giannis is going up against just incredible athletes, night in, night out, and he's able to elongate over them, dunk on their heads, and now he's bringing in all his uh, his passing ability, which Kareem never had to do. That's fair. That's true. So you got Giannis at number one. Rob, where do you put Giannis in Bucks history? I got. I have him number one too. Um, a couple a couple reasons because you know. As far as um, best players of all time, Kareem is is definitely up there. But if you really look at um, Giannis is going to have a lot more time spent in Milwaukee, even if he isn't here beyond this current contract. Um, but also the fact that Kareem came into the league and he was already basically the best player when he got here or one of the best players when he got into the league. So he was so close to being a finished product. I, I think the fact that Giannis was a diamond in the rough uh, when he got here, that he developed in Milwaukee, he made Milwaukee his home. Um, he, he really, it grew from the ground up. Right. You know, it was a process to get to the championship. Um, I just think it's so much more, I think when you talk about greatness, <laughs> I think there's a level of romance there. Yeah. Um, and Giannis is just Giannis's story and his journey with the Bucks is, you know, one of the more romantic things you could think of in all of sports. So um, for me, there's there's not a better story. So it's hard to say that that's not the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you guys. I think he's number one. He's number one in my book, too, in, in Bucks history. Steve, I need your top five um, point guards in the league currently. Jai is certainly an entertaining watch. I love the Grizzlies. You know, I'm not the expert here. I'm not, I will defer to you guys, but I, I got some names jotted down. Um, I, Chris Paul, you know, is, is there Chris Paul's in the top five. Yeah. Just, Cause he, he fulfills the, the position. Like he's the point guard to a T yeah, he's got his nickname. I don't like him. You don't like him, obviously. <laughs> but, yeah. Chris Paul is up there. I maybe I don't. Sorry, I'm not going in order. Should I clarify? No. So we just need five of them. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to give you four more now. Um, okay. Steph Curry. Are we considering Steph a point guard? Yeah. So yeah, he's a given. He might be my number one if 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 he's the point guard. Sure. Um, and again, like Luca, is he a point guard or not so much? I'll allow it. I, oh, I yeah. thought it. Okay. I, this, I considered it, but. If, if I consider Luca a point guard, this makes the exercise infinitely easier for me. So thanks for, for letting me have the handicap. Um, I got Ja Morant, you know, Good. if we're going, if we're going currently, you know, Ja. Right. Just currently. Yep. Yeah. He's not up and coming anymore. He's giving us the highlights and not in more than just the flashy, uh, you know, moon boots, dunks and blocks. Right. Um, and I might reveal my bias, but I'm going to put Drew Holiday as number number five, just sneaks in there at the at the eleventh hour. I love just it. for his just for his two way ability. I'm respecting the defense. This is why I left a guy like Trey Young off mm-hmm. because if you're so one sided, um, you're not that point guard to a T. So yeah. just to recap: Chris Paul, Steph, Luca, Ja Morant, and good old Drew. Gotcha. So you don't have Westbrook in your top five. Is, is that? <laughs> I'm just laughing. That's all. I, just I would laugh. rather have, 
I wouldn't even trade George Hill for <laughs> Russell Westbrook. I'm not even joking. <laughs> he might be the last person I'd want on. <laughs> so, uh, Rob, so you, who's in your top five, man? <laughs> so, um, I, it does feel wrong. I don't have Chris Paul. I knocked him off because right before I finalized my list, that I went through the standings and just looked at the teams. And I was like, who do I consider the point guard on each team? So sure. I did knock him down out of my mind. So Joel, you might, you might appreciate that. Um, number five, I have Trey young and it, it amazes me that I have Trey young there just because I didn't really have any respect for him until the playoffs last season. Um, and thought, thought he played really well and far exceeded my expectations. Um, they're kind of a weird team this year. If you know, they were having the type of season that the Grizzlies are having, you know, he might even be higher on my list. Um, But the fact that they're not, um, I got him down a little bit. Number four, I I had to get this guy on my list. Otherwise I know I'll never be back on the podcast. So sorry, Steve. Um, You didn't have Dane Lillard on the, uh, on the list. I kept so, because of injuries, but yeah. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I, I know, I know my, I know my host on this one. So I mean, my they're boy. obviously having just a train wreck of a season. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of funny to see everybody wanted Terry Stotts out because things had gotten stale, but now they're now they're getting moldy. So uh, what's what's worse, stale or moldy? I, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, that's an interesting one. Uh, Number three. And so when I made my list, I did try to go more. Who's the smallest guy on the court? Because I agree the the Luca piece is a little little tough. I would have him in here if if I didn't have that approach. But uh, number three, I have Drew Holiday. And the reason I have Drew Holiday is because he is the only point guard that I can think of in the league besides maybe like a Marcus Smart or somebody who I actually think is a little bit overrated um, that can defend up, you know, there's a reason everybody says, Oh, point guards, the least important position to have a solid defender. Um, Part of it is that you can't touch anybody on the perimeter, but also it's just that you're not expected to ever cycle up and guard a two or three or even a four in Drew's case. Uh, And the fact that he has that value you know, I, I don't think gets talked about enough when you have this specific conversation about best point guards. I think he's definitely respected as a defender, but it's very rarely mentioned in that context. So I think that makes him so valuable uh, that even though he's not on the same level offensively as the rest of the guys on this list, I think that is that's a big differentiator for me. Number two, I do have Ja. Um, I mean. He's just, I, all I see is like clips of John Morant. That's like my entire, my entire Twitter <laughs> timeline. It's just John Morant doing like nine crazy things a night. So yep. I do wish I would have, I, I would watch them a little bit more, but for me, honestly, this, this season, it's been a lot of basketball the last two years and I, I got energy for the bucks and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then number one, I got Steph. And this is another one where it's like watching the Warriors that they are a team that I've seen a few times this season. And I'm starting to question whether Steph can be counted just because 
it seems like they really prefer to run a point guard next to him now. Um, like they're starting Gary Payton. Yeah. Second, which yeah. I, that might change when Clay's back full time, but it does seem like he's not, he's not running as much point as, as he had in the past, just based off of what I've seen, but he's definitely, he's definitely having a resurgent couple of years. Not that he ever really fell off, but obviously the Warriors back, are back in a pretty meaningful way. Right. Absolutely. But, yeah, that's all I had for you guys. Thank you guys for stopping on. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, sir.